You are listening to the IDH Sustainable Trade podcast. In this series, we dive into the innovative work we do with our partners to create sustainable value chains and inclusive business models. My name is Elske Stevenson, and today I have with me Cindy Verhoeven from SuperUni, a buying cooperative, and Jordi van Honk, IDH Global Director Agri Commodities. We will talk about the first countrywide commitment from retailers closing the living wage gap in the banana supply chain. So we're here to talk about the banana retail commitment. And Cindy, maybe you could start why the topic of living wage is important to you and to SuperUni. Well, we believe that uh, everyone has a right to have a decent life. And a living wage or income is key for many other uh, social issues. That's why we said as a group, we have to collaborate. And that's why that, that was important to have a sort of commitment and it became the banana commitment. And when uh, were you first introduced with the concept of living wage? I think, yeah, some years ago, like three, four, maybe five years. But it's a very complex and, and also a sensitive topic. So a few years ago, I have looked at it and I've read about it and talked with other people. But I really didn't know where to start and how and what it's all about. But over time, it became more and more important. uh, And the topic is addressed also by the government of the Netherlands, but also, again, NGOs. And also we as retailers became aware that it's a very important issue uh, to tackle. And if you would have to answer that, Jordi? So IDH's work on living wage started around 2013, 2014, where we basically participated and co-funded research in the tea uh, supply chain to assess uh, what wages uh, were in uh, three countries, in Assam, Indonesia and Malawi. And at that time, we, we, the conversation was, let's see how the actual wages relate to international uh, poverty uh, benchmarks. And we did that research with some of the tea uh, buyers. And that led to uh, the conclusion that wages in Assam in India and in Malawi were basically uh, far below the uh, international poverty benchmarks, far below even the the $2 poverty benchmark line. Around that time, Richard and Martha Enker also started their work to do benchmarks uh, on living wage in, for example, also uh, Malawi. So it came together and uh, we had soon thereafter, we had a target on living wage and and we knew what workers were earning at that time. And we agreed to set up a program which became the Malawi T2020 program to agree with 35 organizations, so all the relevant tea supply chain partners, to work towards living wage uh, in Malawi. So we started the program in 2015 and the target uh, was set for 2020 to achieve a living wage there. And the unique part about it was that we found a partnership with producers in Malawi to agree that the conversation has to be about the growth of the sector because they faced a lot of challenges in terms of economics and their position in the supply chain. Last August, I went to a supplier of us in Ecuador, a banana supplier. And because of the long relationship with this supplier and the mutual trust, we could speak about this topic and also get data to get more insight what what a living wage, how it's been, have to be calculated. But 
you can't see in the field at workers if they have a decent life. So then I would like to move to Jordi and um, hear what makes this retail commitment so unique. Yeah, thanks. I think what makes it unique is that for the first time you see that uh, multiple supermarkets are willing to collaborate uh, on the issue of living wage and are not only willing to collaborate, but also speak out uh, on a commitment to reach living wage for their uh, banana supply chains. And I think we have never seen that before. And what would that mean for the concept of living wage? I think it means that often we have seen that there was a debate that uh, people were willing to work on living wage, but then they always said, well, but retail is not collaborating. Uh, retail is not behind this journey. And I think we can now see that retail is behind this journey. And I hope that we can see similar commitments uh, of also other uh, European countries' retail uh, sectors and maybe beyond, not just on bananas, uh, to show that actually retail can also play its part in this uh, complex uh, discussion. And Cindy, maybe you can respond to what Jordi says, right? We have never seen that retailers before make such a commitment. Mm -hmm. uh, what made this like, now the right moment to do this? Yeah, we have as retailer signed, how do you call it, an, a commitment on due diligence, the, the Dutch government says every sector, important sector, has to do his due diligence on important product supply chains. And we want to take that responsibility because living wage is a very important topic, a key topic to address. And then when you have that in place, other social issue can be improved as well. So we as retailers said, well, maybe then it's a good idea to address uh, living wage as the main topic together with a very important supply chain of product for retailers and that, that are the bananas. And how did SuperUni and the other retailers and IDH start the collaboration? Is, is something to say about that? I think the covenant that, uh, that Cindy is uh, referring to, that's the International Responsible Business Conduct on uh, Food Commodities for uh, the Netherlands and Food Products, I think it's called. So that's, that was started by the Dutch government. And under that covenant, IDH and the retail association and the, and the individual retailers found each other, uh, basically agree that uh, we should work together on living wage and bananas. Uh, so that's when also SuperUni and IDH found each other. Uh, we said uh, there is a commitment to work on living wage under this bigger covenant and we can actually help the retailers to find a way to work together on living wage. Uh, so that's how it started. Yeah, for us as retail, it's very uh, important to have uh, IDH with us because they have a lot of experience and they can guide us and give direction. We as retailers are very practical, so we wanted to do a project uh, with a very complex topic. But the challenge is, again, to make it practical in our way and IDH can help us uh, with this uh, process. And according to you, Cindy, what is the strength of having all these um, retailers together working on this? What does it contribute to that otherwise could not be done? Well, it's a very complex and sensitive uh, topic and we want to have impact. And to have impact, you need volume and leverage. 
So collaboration is necessary. And by working together, we can uh, combine knowledge, uh, emphasize important issues, and yeah, search together for solid solution and, and learn from each other because we have the same challenges to, to deal with. Uh, I fully agree with that. And uh, I also hope that by showing this example uh, in the Netherlands uh, that retail wants to work together to address this issue, we can also get the British and German retailers to the table. So I think uh, by showing, uh, we we find this an attractive way of working together, set the example. We hope that others will follow as well. And could you elaborate a little bit on what IDH will bring as part of this retail commitment? Yes, I can. Uh, so I think it's building on, on Cindy's comment on, uh, on finding and offering practical solutions uh, to work on living wage. So this is what we, uh, we have done and will keep on doing, uh, mainly through our uh, salary matrix, where uh, basically parties like SuperUni can sit together with their suppliers to get to the same page on where the current payments are vis-a-vis a living wage benchmark, to understand the full package of pay, For example, on the banana plantation, there will be cash payments, there will be in-kind benefits provided by the employer to the employee. So to get uh, an understanding, common understanding between the supplier and the buyer is crucial as a first step. So this is what IDS brings to the table. And uh, we will then also make sure that we keep on evolving that salary matrix so that it becomes a stronger tool and it gets even more buy-in also from certifiers from trade unions, from local governments, etc. And then what we will be doing is keep on bringing the, the parties to the table to have the discussions, okay, how does this go? Uh, share experience, share learnings. And if we have then full uh, clarity on the, the living wage gaps per supplier, we will help with finding a theory of change to close that living wage gap. Uh, and then we hope also uh, to bring to the table some lessons learned from other sectors on how that can be done. So this is what we will be doing. And and, and while doing that, we need to respect the boundaries of uh, antitrust law. Great. And this is all good in in, what all the plans are and our hopes and goals. What would be um, the big bottleneck, the, the main challenge that will be on the road ahead? First of all, you need to know your own chain. So you need transparency in your own chain. You need to know where you source your products, and in this case, the bananas. And then you need a good relationship with your supplier because on this topic, you need trust and willingness to, to collaborate on this, uh, on this issue. Uh, another thing, living wage is a local topic, uh, so the product and the country of origin, uh, even the region, the political circumstance and the cultural circumstances, etc., etc. So it's necessary that you understand the circumstances on the ground, in the field, and then you can move forward to get your data, start a dialogue with local people and your uh, suppliers and and the farms. And for us as retailer, it's important that we have the same language and we, because it's all about the money, so we need leverage in, how do you say it? Um, Well, at the end, there has to be more money uh, going to the workers. So 
that can be done, but you need a level playing field because, yeah, at the end, we as retailers, we are competitors. So when everyone is challenges, uh, try to close the gap, we have to do it the same way. Because when we think, oh, we have a little gap and another retailer uh, calculate the gap another way, well, then there is no living playing field uh, anymore. And that's very important for us as uh, competitors. Jordi, any other big uh, <laughs> issues? Yeah, those, those are already some big ones. Um, yeah, from, our, from our work uh, in the past, also, in, uh, for example, in the Malawi uh, tea sector, uh, we know that there can be uh, many more even. For example, if there is extra money generated through the supply chain uh, to go to living wage, to ensure that that money actually ends up in the, in the right places, uh, in the workers' pockets. And if it does so, for example, we have seen in Malawi that it actually brought tea workers into the lowest income tax brackets. So they lost a lot of money to the tax authorities. Uh, so we didn't know that when we started, that that could be an, uh, a causal effect. So I, th- I think we can see that there can be a lot of challenges uh, along the road around distribution of value. Another big one is around competitiveness of uh, origin countries. If, for example, we would only focus on one country, then that country might price itself out of the market. If they would, for example, have to swallow the cost mostly themselves. So it's important that there is a a partnership. That's one that indeed uh, the supply chain partners make their contribution. But it's also important to involve quite a number of origin countries so that also at that level, not only at the... At the retail level, there is a level playing field, but there is also a level playing field at the uh, origin country uh, uh, level. And then I think another challenge can be that if we would indeed be able to move the wages up in the, in the banana plantations, what effect does it have on the local economy? This can, this can be good and bad. Uh, we know that other sectors might stay behind. It might lead to local conflicts. So we also would have to really proactively uh, look at those uh, potential unattended consequences uh, of, of our work. Now you're hearing all of that. You still feel uh, happy you signed this commitment? <laughs> of course, yes. We know it's, it's complex, but to do nothing is not an option anymore. And that's why, again, it's very important that IDH is uh, with us, with their experience to, to guide us and tell us about the challenges we have in front of us. I'm happy to say that over the last two years, maybe even mostly over the past year, we have accelerated our work. Uh, we learned a lot. And meanwhile, we saw that there was also a debate on living wage coming up in other sectors, such as bananas, but also flowers and some, uh, some, other, uh, some other areas. We have started our work on, uh, on, more, on tools that you can actually apply throughout the sectors. And, and the most important one is the salary matrix, which can help uh, buyers such as SuperUni to basically establish where you are vis-a-vis a living wage uh, benchmark. We actually have seen that since we started that, we get a lot more traction with companies because companies now have a pragmatic tool to work on, on living wage. And we hope that we can build on that work and start to see improvements throughout the supply chains towards uh, living wage. So I think uh, a fascinating journey and hopefully one that we can keep on uh, continuing to build and also in our ideas for, uh, for our strategy towards 2030 uh, living wages will be a core component. 
so Cindy, um, you already mentioned the salary matrix, and if I understand correctly, you're already using this one, right? With your uh, yes, yes. Can you say a little bit on the experience with that? Yeah, we have some experience with filling in the salary matrix. It's an Excel-based tool, and you have to fill in the gas salaries and also the in-kind uh, benefits. Because of the enormous table, the first reaction of the supplier was, well, ooh, that's uh, a bit difficult, and uh, how does it work? But when we have a good look at it, it was not that difficult. The only thing when you have several job grades, it's, it's more complex to fill in. But at the end, uh, again, we had a lot of help from uh, colleagues of Jordi uh, of IDH. And together we sit down and we talk through and then we uh, manage to fill in the table. Cindy, what would you recommend other retailers that want to start working uh, on this topic? It starts with your own organization. Uh, it's very important that you have aligned with your buying department because the buyer has a very important role on this topic. And when you're on the same page with your buyer and he acknowledged as well that it's very important and we have to do something about it, that's, that's step one. So you need commitment of your own organization and your buying department. Then it's very important to start simple. Yeah, it's not simple, but try to find a product chain where it's not too complicated. I mean, a short chain with not too much actors in the chain because every actor has an opinion and wants to collaborate or not. So when you have a short chain and a transparent chain uh, with a supplier that you can trust and you have a long relationship with, that are the ingredients. It's my experience to, to start uh, working on uh, a topic like, uh, like living wage. Now that this commitment is signed, it's been announced, what is the first hmm. next step? The first next step is to we get our first result of the current situation and we have in draft the benchmark in, in our case for uh, Ecuador. So we now get an idea of if there is a gap and how uh, big the gap is with one of our supplier and with the other supplier, we uh, have to collect more salary matrices because it's, it's necessary to have a good average idea of the current situation in several uh, plantations. So, yeah, uh, so the next step is to collect more data and analyze the data and have a dialogue with our uh, uh, suppliers on that data. And Jordi? It's not just about measuring the gap, it's also about closing the living wage gap and we need much more conversation once we have full clarity on those living wage gaps. And that's also what we will help to do and really find ways to make progress. Great. Thank you. You're welcome, Elske. Yeah, you're welcome. It was nice to be here. To listen to our other podcast, follow our channel, ID8 Podcast, via iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud. Or you can sign up to our IDH newsletter via www.idhtrade.org to always receive our latest news.